Hello and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Citation Podcast with me, Catherine Hare, Professional Support Lawyer at Citation. In today's episode, I'll be discussing our five key tips when it comes to interviewing candidates effectively, from considerations around your recruitment methods to planning and preparing for an interview. One of an employer's most valuable assets are its employees. They're fundamental to a business's success. A successful recruitment process can mean an employer recruits motivated and skilled employees to progress and build the business with the right ethos and culture. If the wrong candidate's recruited, it can mean wasted time on performance management and having to go through the whole recruitment process again. So what are the first steps in a recruitment process? The first step is to put together a job description for the role you're recruiting for. If someone's left the role and you're recruiting their replacement, now might be a really good time to think about if the role really worked for the business or if changes should be made to better suit the business needs. So when putting together a job description, it's important it accurately reflects the role so that it can help recruit the right candidate. This is because a clear job description gives accurate information about the role and helps ensure that the candidates who apply are genuinely interested. And it also helps you as a business to focus your mind on the essential requirements of the role. A job description should include the main purposes of the role, the main tasks of the role, the responsibilities and scopes of the role, for example, any management responsibilities, the value of any contracts that may be handled, and any special requirements, so for example, a willingness to travel abroad. Turning to recruitment methods, there are many ways that candidates can be recruited, and interviews may not be appropriate for all industries. For example, a telephone interview may be appropriate if the role involves a lot of telephone work, or practical assessments may be appropriate in some industries, whilst others may use psychometric assessments or role plays. However, interviews do remain one of the most popular methods of recruitment, and it is important they are conducted correctly. To minimise the risk of a discriminatory selection decision being made, interviews should be structured and as far as possible conducted similarly in respect of each candidate to ensure there's consistency. This does also mean that direct comparisons can be made when comparing the answers of one candidate to another, which is a real positive. Employers should ensure that staff members conducting the interviews are adequately trained in how to do so effectively and how to go about obtaining the relevant information required of a candidate um, in order to assess their competencies. It's important that the person interviewing a candidate is aware of what questions are appropriate. So, for example, it generally wouldn't be appropriate to ask a candidate if they were pregnant or if they were planning on becoming pregnant. It would also be sensible for two or more people to conduct an interview to avoid any unconscious bias. I think it's also generally advisable as far as possible for an interviewer to put the same questions to all candidates in the same order. So the interview is structured and having questions drawn up in advance means you will achieve the aim of asking questions essential to the role and there's less risk of the conversation, for example, straying into inappropriate areas discussing personal life. I think it's also useful to discuss open and use open-ended questions. So, for example, what, why, when, how, rather than questions um, that can be answered simply yes or no. I think questions that prepared in advance are useful um, because they're based on the job description, the person specification and the application form. Competency-based questions can help the interviewer to assess if the individual has the skills, qualities and values that are essential for the job and to identify areas that, which are not answered by the application form or perhaps need further clarification or exploration in the interview. So how do you plan and prepare for an interview? It's really important that interviews are planned because this is your opportunity as a business to impress the candidate and to attract the best talent to your business. 
It's best to invite the candidate to the interview by letter and the letter should make sure the candidate is able to advise if they need any particular arrangements made for the interview or any reasonable adjustments to be accommodated for them on arrival or during the interview. It's also important to think about where the interview will be held. It needs to be somewhere private where you won't be interrupted by customers or colleagues, for example. Interviews should make sure that they familiarise themselves with the individual's job application before the interview, as the interviewer may need to ask the candidate to expand on certain points. It's also important that the candidate does most of the talking in the interview, and that can be achieved, as I've said, by asking open questions or ones that require longer answers. As there will generally be more than one person conducting the interview, the questions should be shared between those interviewing so they can draw on their respective knowledge and experience when posing the questions. Notes should of course be taken during the interview or as soon as you can after the interview. So when looking at decision making, it may take some time to make a decision on who is the correct person to join your business. So it's important that you keep communicating with the candidates, even if you haven't made a decision as yet. This will keep them interested in the role. It's really important that the candidate is aware that they can contact you if they do receive a job offer from elsewhere, for example. So it's important that they would feel comfortable coming to you in this kind of situation. If a candidate is informed that they're unsuccessful and request feedback, it's really important that you deal with this promptly. An employer's failure to give feedback following a request by an unsuccessful candidate can give a suggestion to a candidate that the reason for the rejection may be a discriminatory one. This could then shift the burden of proof onto the employer or the prospective employer if a discrimination was brought by that unsuccessful candidate. Managers should therefore make sure that they respond to requests for feedback promptly and any negative feedback should be directly related to the candidate's failure to meet the requirements of the role or that person's specification. It's really important that employers document the whole recruitment process to show how the final decision was made and that it was made objectively following a fair and rational process. And the absence of any adequate records will, of course, hinder the preparation of any defence for a discrimination claim if that was brought by an unsuccessful, unsuccessful candidate. Finally, looking at engagement, this is essential for businesses as an engaged employee has a direct correlation on the success of a company. Engagement should start with the recruitment process. So you should make sure that any job description is straightforward and realistic, that you prepare the right questions to ask during the interview process to make sure the candidate has the correct values and beliefs. Make sure the applicant's career goals and passions are in line with your company position and you should determine if the candidate is a good fit for your company's culture. We're coming to the end of today's podcast episode. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you're in need of the backing of citations experts on any of the topics discussed today, get in touch with us at podcast at citation.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye.